can you hear me? Yes. Let's go, y'all. Let's go, y'all. So this person up there, she's Steph O, and um, we've been really good friends for 13 years, and it's been tumultuous, and we chose to stay friends, and I think that's what matters. And um, so now she's in Hong Kong, currently working and living there. And uh, I think that um, throughout our friendship, we've never been as close as when she left for Hong Kong, which is amazing. It's I think so ironic. It's ironic. And we've been more open and honest with each other. Maybe it comes with age. Um, but besides that, also maybe because we know we're so far away, every time we're on the phone, it's at least an hour and we catch up. And it's such All real conversations. Um, you sing songs. You sing to Abba. You sing to Abba and dance <laughs> on um, FaceTime. I don't. But um, so um, we're here today to talk about Steph being an expat in Hong Kong and what that must feel like for someone, Singaporean or not, away from home, being far away from home and um, during lockdown and how she dealt with it and her experiences coming out of it stronger and more positive as a person. So Steph, do you want to talk a bit about that? Like when you're not with family and friends? When did I? Yeah. So the very start of COVID, I was actually in Japan. We went um, on a ski trip and then the first Wuhan case kind of like exploded in our faces and then we came back. We didn't know what to do. We thought, oh, okay, it's just like another, you know, flu thing. And we can just get a vaccine and we'll be fine. And then it just kind of went a little bit nuts. Um, I think what really, when it really hit me was probably in, I want to say in April and then another time in like June, July, when the guidelines here kind of like got stricter and stricter. Mm -hmm. And I think for the rest of the world, you know, you know, we were just all kind of like in our own bubble, right? And we were the first few places to get hit. Um, uh, everything changed at work. Everything changed in our social life. We couldn't, you know, the usual thing, we couldn't dine out for certain, for a specific time. Uh, we couldn't gather in big crowds. But then Hong Kong being Hong Kong, you know, there are like little bits of gray areas and we all kind of like try to find, you know, pockets of like gray areas to kind of like beat the system to kind of hang out with friends uh, but it was a bit scary as well because we didn't know what the hell it was right and we and as a Singaporean versus like a Hong Kong local like most of the Hong Kong locals they went to SARS and oh, it really right, really right, hit right. them like big time like the economy and mean, like, how well they yeah how they how they how they you know live their lives every day um, you know, wearing a mask when they're, you know, sneezing or when they have a little bit of cough. For us, you know, back at home, if I had a little bit of a flu, I would still just go to work and I would be like blowing my nose at my desk. But yeah, in Hong Kong, you don't really see that. And mm. if you do see that, it's like people actually stare at you or they give you like weird looks. Um, so in that sense, chin like... Chin, darling. What are you drinking? Tequila out of a jigger because I'm so fabulous like that. I mean, just to sum it up, it was it was a bit of a shock for me at least. Um, when some of my friends who are mostly not locals, they went out, you know, like go to Soho and go for drinks, go for dinner, and 
when partying, I just kind of chose to stick to places that I was, that I felt safer in. Um, and we were supposed to work from home. So I took every advantage of that and worked from home. And, you know, in Hong Kong, we live in a very small space and I live in a very, very tiny apartment that kind of like, it was, it was a bit frustrating because you are not just, to say the least. it's not just mentally, yeah, it's not just mentally or physically boxed in, but mentally, you know, or I know that like, there is this restriction and I cannot do this, this, this. I just like, you know, drank a lot more, ate a lot more junk food. As, um, as, as, as all of us did, I believe. But I, what I want to ask really here is, yes, that was how you had to deal with all the sudden being not um, familiar with outbreaks in a city that you're unfamiliar with. When in Singapore, we kind of usually deal with it quite lax. Um, when you had to deal with it, okay, the part where you overate or all that, I think all of us did it. But I know you and I would like to talk about where you came out, you emerged stronger to me. Um, the point where you chose to take, to be like, okay, you know what, F this, we're not going to get through it so quickly. I'm going to change how I deal with things. And that's when you chose to hang out with people that you don't usually do hang out with. Am I right to say that? Yes, yes and no. I mean, you know, I read this somewhere that like you are who you are with the five people that you're with all the time. Right. Mm. And if I was going to make a change in my lifestyle, it starts from there because I have always been an only child and the people that I'm closest to are my friends. You know that like I always seek um, comfort in my friends. So finding that sense of belonging for me was very, very, very important. And I, I had to... I had to do something to my to 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 like my circle of you know my inner circle in Hong Kong be yep. it saying yes to more um you know healthy activities you know going on more hikes exercising random more, social enga- engagements um, yeah but meaningful at the same time you know meaningful as in like it doesn't have to be like oh we hiked Sharp's Peak which is one of the you know more challenging hikes in Hong Kong it it was more about just being present in a moment and really just identifying yourself in the people that you hang out with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was important to me. Yeah, of course. You know, and, and I also kind of like through that process, something, it's something similar that you went through as well. Like, if I don't want to go, I don't want to go. If I don't want to hang out with you, I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want to explain it. Um, yep. I don't feel the need to like please or be available. Yeah, I think time. it's I think it's brilliant that you brought that up about the five people in your life affecting you the most thing. I think that's what coronavirus brought for all of us. And as you yeah. said, like I chose who I want to be around. And it, I mean, for me, luckily, it's I have more than five, thankfully, because I'm still in home base right in Singapore. Um, yeah. But to go from mm, maybe having like 30 people that I always hang out with to like bringing that number down to like five or six, was not easy but it was also quite necessary I feel like like I was happy doing it you know it's not like oh shit I can only have five people now you know um yeah it's like who sparks joy in your life (laughs) 
Declutter. Jokes are so lame. But like, for me, it's easier because I'm in home base. You know what I'm trying to say? And I guess, okay, this is where it's different. Um, my closest friends are you, Patra, Jenny, who have all moved away. And the other closest friends we shall not name, don't, I don't really hang out with. So I was forced to make new friends, so to speak. In that similar way, yeah. you were forced to make new environments for yourself. And it's actually really scary. It's very scary because I'm, like you said, same as you, I'm a creature of comfort and I like just hanging out with those few people. And I was forced to make new friends and I hate opening up to new people but in doing so i yeah. must say i've learned that there are good people out there yes so moving forward beyond that um how is life like in hong kong right now for you like how would you Actually, think great. your psyche is um well okay so i moved here four years ago thinking that it would be a piece of cake because I'm Chinese. My mom is Cantonese. Uh, I've been to Hong Kong. I have friends that's been to Hong Kong that's brought me around. So I thought, I easy peasy, right? Like, no problem. Singaporean can survive in Hong Kong. I was so wrong. Uh, the first year was hard for many different reasons. I think culturally, the pace, the energy, it's not bad. It, it's, not be- it's not that Hong Kong was a bad place for me. It was just because of my assumption of what it represents, um, it represented, I just took it too easy and then I exhausted myself. Um, I got too complacent with a lot of things and then I had to pick myself up uh, emotionally and uh, kind of like start like a a new chapter after that. You know, I changed jobs, uh, I moved apartments, um, I had a... you know, I came out of a relationship. So very, very typical first world problem things. It was a very dark point of time in my life. I think most of you guys would know that. No, no, I believe that it was dark. But then also I feel like it made you who into who you are today. You know, like... Yeah, I, no, no, no regrets. Yeah, like the conversations we have today are way deeper than the conversations we had when you were living here. You know what I mean? The exposure gave you like so much more insight into life and that of which I'm so proud of. But I always tell her this, like I've never been so proud of you for being in Singapore, being a student. While you were studying, you were working, you paid for your own studies, you got the fucking diploma or whatever it was, found a job in Hong Kong, moved there on your own merit. Agreed. And survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I didn't go to school. But like you survived. And I'd always told her, if you ever came back running home crying to me, I would still respect you because it's not easy. And, and I think I that's did. what and that's what this whole podcast is about. It's about resilience. And yes, first world problems, because we do live in the first world, thankfully, fortunately. But at the same time, like you can't deny that a problem is a problem, regardless of where you are, what you're facing whatever problem you're facing at this point will be the most difficult problem you ever faced in your life. And that's what it is. Mm. You cannot compare yourself to someone else who has been through worse than you because you have not walked in their shoes. Neither should you discount their pain. We're not discounting other people's pain. 
what I'm saying here to you is affirmation that yes, Steph, you've been through a lot and I'm very proud of who you are today. So that being said, we did this thing where we said like, we're going to do this back and forth thing. And I remember many, many years ago, you said to me once, I would like to pick your brain and my cat is being so cute right now. Sorry, people on podcast cannot see that. Um, but you've said this to me before um, a long time ago and you said to me, I wish I could pick at your brain and live there for one day just so I can see how you think. And I've always found that fascinating because I've only been myself, right? I don't know how other people perceive me. And I would think that there's no other greater person to ask me a question or questions than you because you know me that well. Do you know what I mean? So any questions you can pose to me would be real and would be insightful. I don't know why anyone would want to know about me, but would be insightful to anyone who wants to know about my psyche. I need to like preface it as well. Um, Of course, of course. I I vaguely remember that I asked you that. I think I was, we were still like, you know, tweens. That's a fucking long time ago, babe. Um, But I think when you first kind of like emerge in my world, you know, like I said, the first time I saw you, Far East Plaza, head to toe bathing it, two boxes for Krispy Kremes, walking around the shops. And I was a shop girl then at Far East Plaza, selling like streetwear. Um, and I was like, who the hell is this girl walking around with like these donuts? And like, where did she get it from? How did she get it? Why is she so cool? You know? And um, That's so weird, that was how we actually met. It was a bit lame, you know, we can all look back and look at our choices in clothes or where we choose to hang out as a... And, and oh, no, a no, no. I have no regret in wearing Bathing Ape or Neighbourhood or Silas or Pam. Hey, that, I will still wear Silas and Yeah, Yeah, that, that is who I was at that time. Like, I was always streetwear. I was always pro-streetwear. No, but you, so you, you also had it. this other... Yeah, but you also had this other persona, right, that you kind of portray through what we call social media today. Oh, right? that's you had today. put still. Remember, I put had still? a blog, yes. For it, a long was, time. it was very interestingly well curated for that time. I, I would I say think... it, it's not like glossy or, you know, no, over it was very raw. Like, as compared to, it was very raw, but it it's documented your entire life in Hong Kong. Yeah. You know, even though, you know, be it like... It documented my uh, life from 03 to... I don't even remember when I stopped. But it was super raw. And a lot of it I regret. Because the person I am today is a lot more private than I was. Like, I wouldn't talk about my relationships or my family as openly as I did. Yeah. It is something I regretted, to be honest with you. Like, I don't regret the blog per se. But I regret sharing so much. But I think Mm. one thing that makes me feel a bit less regrettable is that sometimes ever so often I get people come into my shop and tell me you know what actually I've been I was a reader of your blog like a long time ago and I was 16 and I was in poly and your post helped me get through my exams you know like your shit helped me get through like this and then and I was like oh they could relate to my issues and therefore from me being that raw I actually help people and it's not just it's not just then then right because it's that same underlying kind of 
I don't know, vein that is that I see through you through over the years, right? You started off with like Putsville and then the next very, very big chapter was you decided to really turn photography into like something very, very big and serious. You had like uh, an exhibition and then, you know, you kind of like transform the spot of Sprout. Was it Sprout? Yeah, it was Sprout, right? Yeah. So wait, yeah. people don't know that. So to be fair, the photography exhibition is for my helper, which is now the nanny of my daughter. So yeah. I had my first helper when I moved out on my own in Singapore. And she's been with me X number of years at that time. And her sister had cancer. And so therefore I was trying to raise funds for her sister, but I don't want to be like, here's $10,000, you know, like I wanted it to be more organic. Cause I knew that if I told her take $10,000 from me and go pay for your sister's like medicine, she would not take it. But if I did it in an organic way by curating an exhibition, which actually was all because of her, that she would be okay to take the money because it would be, you know what I mean? Like a communal thing. Yeah. Yeah, which is what the exhibition was for. And Sprout was a salad bar that I had. Um, yeah, so it's entirely different, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then Continue. before that actually happened, you transformed it into like a gallery, right? With yeah, whatever into a gallery, budget, yes. and, Very low budget. And, and resources <laughs> that you had, which was yeah. basically me and the you, yes. <laughs> back then. And, and, and you, you know, like we, we install everything. And we basically everything. sold out everything. I think on the preface of it being a charity thing, um, everyone zero PR, zero PR. We sold everything. We Just from your $11,000 that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you basically turned something into something else a little bit more meaningful. You know, it's like a completely different level and it's not just that, but then it's still you the execution and and also i remember there were a few like little girls that came i mean i call them little girls because they were in their teens like like early teens they came and you know obviously they couldn't afford the art but they bought the postcards you know and they just kind of loitered around they and were the postcards shy. were two dollars that's the point right if yeah the art, and, then, and, and it's like you can see as like oh wow steph has like fans Right. That's so lame. Like, we would tease you about that. We were like, oh my god, That's okay. you're an influencer. But then like actually if you look beyond that, you you were trying to do something different in your own way. And you've actually consistently been doing that in many, many aspects of your life. Um I would boldly say the way you bring up your child, um, the way you approach um ups and downs in your life which has been very extreme to say the least as far as i know uh but then again everyone has their own very different yardstick right like you know 100 yeah, is different from another person 100 yeah of course um or like dealing with loss or dealing with like fame fuck you steph you're I remember. Me cry. <laughs> yes. he's never said this no, shit to me by the way because we don't talk about that shit. i got scripts I have script by the side, you don't know, okay? But yeah, that's why I think when you kind of brought up the very first question about how I said I wanted to be, I wanted to live in your head for, for a while to just kind of see, you know, what the world looks like in your eyes, it's really because I don't see anything that way at all. 
-hmm. But they win. Okay, that's okay. Say hello. Hi, Mama. Hi. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's you know like your your voice really matters, and your voice actually do come through a lot of things. Be it when you're down or when you're happy or when you're going through like you know like through our party phase or our non-party phase, you know. There was always some kind of progress in you. So that's why I also wanted to know, like, if if anyone is curious, like I would ask, how many hats do you wear in a single day? I think the person I am today versus who I was growing up is very different. Like I am as enigmatic as it gets, I would like to say. Do you know what I mean? Like I am constantly evolving, which is very scary even to myself. Sometimes I have to stop myself in my head to think, who are you? What are you doing? Like, uh, yeah. why are you changing before, so fast? Before Google Calendar existed, whenever I'm with you, I'll be like, what are you doing later? What are you doing today? What are you doing tomorrow? You have a hundred things to do. Back then, it was a yeah. hundred things to do to play. Like, oh, I'm going to meet this person. And after <laughs> I'm going to go to Zoo. And after we have supper with this person. And then I have to go look at another house. And then I have to go and look at a car. You know, it was all yeah. quite like, yeah, all right, this is it the life. It was quite frivolous and in then, the past. Yes. And then as you got older, it was like, oh, I need to look at this, uh, this apartment that I'm sort of helping to design. Um, I need to, um, you know, open, I need to wake up early because I am, uh, I need to replace my barrister's shift. You know, I need to make coffee. I'm like, you are making coffee. So you wake up at like 7am, send your kid to school and then you go to the cafe and you make I'm coffee. Sorry, darling. I wake up at 6am to do that. Okay, 6am. Yeah. Sometimes well, I sleep at 6am. So I don't do that anymore. So I feel like, if okay, the past me, the the old me, lived a very frivolous life. I was very lucky to live a frivolous life. I think why I'm so crazy in my head is because when I was young, I was very repressed in a way where I was brought up in a very violent, abusive environment, and all I could run away was is in here, which I think contributes to why I'm so creative, which is what I'm thankful for. So when I actually had the finance and the time to dispose of that energy, I did it every way I could, be it creatively or with my time with people. I just, my schedule is always packed. But moving forward yeah. to what you're saying, fast forward to today, Ara, my daughter, has changed all of me. It has given me purpose in life. I've always questioned purpose and life. It's given me purpose and therefore I, I started my business and this and that. And But then it was Ara who made me start my business, but it's the people who are in my company or, or the people that I meet or the people I've dated and I see how they work and it has actually evolved me into who I am today. So when I wake up at 6 a.m., it's not because, hey, yo, you know, I wake up at 6 a.m., I have a lot of things to do. It's not that at all. You know, I choose to go to bed at 9.30. I choose to go to bed at 10.30. But I also choose to wake up at 6 o'clock. Why? Because yeah. in Singapore, at 6 o'clock, it's 25 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so what, you can wear, you can layer your clothes? Not that, <laughs> but like, it's a bit cooler. And I like it when it's dark. And then it slowly progresses to light. Yes. And I love yeah. doing a lot of things in the morning. And 
if you would say a day in my head, to be honest with you, honey, I cannot even comprehend. I swear to you. And that I attribute it to ADHD. And but you're I not do exhausted up, by the end of the day. In your I used to be, right? I had this podcast with Christabel. I don't know if you know her. Where I used to be exhausted with my day because I packed too much in it. But I now don't yep. pack things in the evening so that I have time for my daughter or time for myself or time for my tequila, you know, which tequila. is also important, right? Of course. Or time for you. And I don't know. I think that this question that you just asked me is a question that a lot of people have asked me before. Like, Steph, how do you, like, what? Oh, even I've been told this, like, why are you an overachiever? You know, you can put it in a nice context where, like, you do a lot in a day. But there are also yeah. people who will say like, fuck Steph, you're just a fucking overachiever. Why do you have to do everything? You know, like, what is it that you cannot do? I think at the very, like, if you filtrate that shit out, like coffee, Steph, where do you go? The fuck? She left again. This is so pissing me off right now. I'm alone here. Guys. <sighs> okay. So we're back to recording. I don't think I've answered this question to you before because it was always a joke to me what's going on in my mind. But if you want to filter it down into what it is right now, like there are people who call me an overachiever and it's it sometimes makes me insecure because it will make me feel like, oh shit, is anyone going to want to date me because I can do so much? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, guys are always like, oh my God, she's this and that, you know. That's true. And, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, first no. of all, my family. Especially Singaporean men. Exactly. So, first of all, my family has some money, right? That's one thing already. And I live a lavish lifestyle, so to speak, right? And um, I do a lot on a day to day basis, right? And I'm always creating, or I'm always out there, or I'm always like doing something. And it could be perceived in two ways. And I've fought with this for a very long time this insecurity, right, of being an overachiever and being labeled that. But who I am today is so comfortable in my own skin that, like, it goes, like, if someone wanted to date me, he would get me to know me for who I am. And he would be so fucking mm-hmm. confident in his own skin that he wouldn't give a fuck about how much money I have or what I do. He would love me for yeah. who I am and contribute to what I have in my life right now. So when it trickles down to, like, what goes on in my mind in this day, I stop caring about these insecurities and I stopped caring about what people say about being an overachiever. And this is what I'm going to tell you from my heart to you. I don't know if I've said this to you before. Maybe I have. I don't remember because we have a lot of tequilas when we talk. I don't believe in not being able to achieve something despite your age. Meaning somebody can say, Steph, you're 36. You had a kid. Can you do this workout? Can you achieve a handstand? Can you learn how to bake? Can you... Fuck, of course. Do you know what I mean? Like, that is how I think. I don't believe there's something I cannot do as long as I put my heart and my mind to it. And I don't believe there is someone that I cannot make time for that I care about because it's about time management in my fucking Google calendar. Mm. People say 24 hours in a day is not enough, which is sometimes true. When I'm super busy at work, I get it. I have no time for socializing. But in the grand scheme of things, you have enough time for everyone. You want to allocate your time to. 
Yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. You know, like I've learned gymnastics, I've learned tap dancing, I've learned all kinds of things, all kinds of things, and I'm still learning. And I feel like when people say life is a work in progress, then act on it, which is what I'm trying my best to do. So when people label yeah. me an overachiever or this and that, it used to hurt me and it no longer serves me any purpose. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that is a day of life in my head because I go through 24 hours or like a 12 or 18 hour work day with a lot. You know, I get to my shop, I work, I talk to people, I make friendships, I work. You know, like, I don't believe you can't achieve. And I, and I think that. that's like your, I was going to ask you what would be your headline every day or what would be your headline today or tomorrow. And I think that will, that is kind of like your perpetual headline. It is. You know, if we all For had like the a, last 20 something years, like literally, I don't believe there's something that I cannot do as long as you want to do it. There's no such thing it as takes my a lot of courage. Cold. You can call me a dreamer. You can say my head is in the clouds, but I truly believe that wherever you're at in life, even if you're an entrepreneur and super successful, you can do something more, you know? Too fast to live and... No, 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 no. Too young no, to no, die. No. No, uh, that's my old line on my... Too blog. fast to live, too young to die, no? No, that's Sex Pistols. But what I said is... Oh. Too weird to live and too rare to die. Yeah. When I wake up every day, yeah, you think it's funny, right? Because it's from my blog. When I wake up every day, I truly believe that I am solely an individual on this earth. That no one else is like me. And I feel like that's and how you want to live. Like we all have to live through communal things, like societal things, like law, you know, like... You mean conform? Not conform. Conformity is very different. So, like, we all have to live through societal guidelines, like law. You know, like, now you have to wear a mask out. Like, like today, my mentor, Martin Kapstick, told me, being polite, oh, no, sorry, honesty and kindness, right? For example, if you mm. wore an outfit today, and you sent it to me, like, Steph, oh, no, no, no. If you gave me a birthday present, and I hated it, but you thought about it, and you sent it to Singapore from Hong Kong to me, and I hated it. Do you choose honesty or do you choose kindness? Which is like, yeah, thank you so much. I love it. You would choose kindness. That's the nice person thing to do. Same with society and law. You know what I say in that regard? You can be a nice person, but you can have these thoughts in the back of your head. Yes. You know I mean? But then, it's yeah, very so then real. the question, like, would that make you nice or not? Like, um, I stopped caring about that. I care about your actions. And I think that's a very important soft skill to have that I not wish I, I picked up. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Not, not not care, but to just care less because... It's not important. You know... It, 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 I'm moving away to get more tequila, sorry. <laughs> okay. No, but okay. Some I, may I call me an alcoholic. Like, but I would like to think I'm not no, a functioning we are, alcoholic. We are functional alcoholics. Yes. Like forever functional alcoholics. I used to Triple beat X. myself up for drinking. And then the next... I drink by myself, right? A lot. And you and used, I used to, to beat give myself me shit up. for it. Yeah, I used to, to give you shit for it. But now that I do... <laughs> now that I drink as well, I used to give my shell, myself shit for it in the morning when I wake up. 
But I go like, you know what? Don't blame society because society will call me an alcoholic, right? Don't blame society for something that I chose. I chose to reach for the bottle. I chose to pour another shot. But at the same time, I'm having this meaningful conversation with you. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, it doesn't cancel out the alcohol, but it cancels out my judgment on myself. And I think that's very important for people to know. Okay, wait, before I forget what I wanted to say, because of what you just um, just explained about your journey and your thought process about, you know, how you believe that nothing is like almost impossible or you can achieve anything. And how you said, yeah, and I 100% uh, believe that you believe that because your actions have always followed through in any way, be it a frivolous decision like buying a car or buying a few cars or going on a holiday. Right, like a very, a very, very far away land, like just like that. And like the next day, I text you, like, oh, you're not in Singapore, you're at the airport. Um, apart from that, um, I just wanted to highlight the point that when you said that you have been lucky to be able to do all these things because of, you know, your family background or the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah, I don't think it's entirely true. Why? Right? I, I, because it's not just luck that got you where you are today. A hundred percent, I feel like. So, so, so I, I think it's, 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 I just needed, to, and I want to correct that because a lot of people will tend to be very quick to just say, ah, you know, like Steph, oh, very lucky. Um, you know, yes, you know, she has a very colorful I've heard that life. A lot, babe. I've heard that so much. Um, yeah, very colorful life. Uh, because dated so many you know, men. Who yeah, who 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 she many nice with, cars. Blah 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 blah. And you know, and like, but then the the behind the scenes are as basic as anyone can imagine. You know, I I think okay. My point is, I think no one should be that dismissive. And maybe I'm in what very way? protective what in a sense. What, what, no, what do you mean dismissive, by dismissive? Dismissive in terms of like the effort and you know the tenacity that you have that you that you have and you that you kind of like see through everything that you do in your life. Be it fucking like sorry, you need to beat that out. Be it planting oh, a time capsule. Fun. Oh my god time capsule when I was like 19 years old you would drive all the way to like the middle of Bukit Timah somewhere and like let's go like dig you know dig in uh, like somewhere random Tima. we went to Botanic like Gardens and I dug up I don't even hole. remember yeah and, and, and you will say this like, uh, let's write things in there and you know like let's dig a hole and I hide this time I'm like oh, fuck like, are you on shrooms or what you know No, but you, so you did that and and you completely believed in it. And then now I look back, I'm like, that was actually good times. Yeah. It and was. It was very simple. And know. I I don't know. I mean, I guess I've known her so long, people don't know this, but like um, I feel like that's the thing about the podcast. Like when we pull out things about each other that we wanna say, it's very different from our conversations that we have uh, monthly. I call her on a monthly basis. And um, when you say these things to me, it makes me very sad in a very good way. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I have never sought um, 
you know me, I hate compliments. I've always hated it, right? Like, I've never yeah. sought um, affirmation from my friends. If yes. everyone, if anyone knows me, you would know that I'm very brutal with honesty about your looks. Like, hey, you can do better like this. Your hair needs to change. You need to, like, dye your hair. You need to go, you know, something. Yeah, like. 150%. Yeah, I'm brutally honest for your benefit, like be it like school or life or like outlook or like whatever. But um, I know in my heart that I'm a giver. You know, I don't like to receive, right? And so tonight, for you to say these things to me is very difficult for me to process because you are so dear to me. And for you to say these things to me actually makes me sad because it's hard lah. And I'm so happy that you see me in that light all these years because I know that I was a shit friend for sometimes, not all the time. Most times I'm nice. But um, we're all even now. Yeah, but um for you to have these curiosities about me that I don't even have about myself. I guess you don't think about yourself. You know what I'm trying to say that way. I mean if you do, then you're just narcissistic, mm-hmm. which I am a little bit. Um, but I thank you for asking these questions because like for me to actually think about it and lay it out, it's very cathartic. What I do want to say is this, right? Like Steph and I have a friendship that has been through shit and back. And we've had families who do not back us when we needed it. And I think that that's where friends come into play and it's very important. And I'm very thankful to have you in my life. But also... Once again, I must say, I'm very proud of you, who you've become. You know, like, everything you've been through, through your family, through not having enough money, through making it through school, through all the shitty relationships you had. And the person that you've grown into is so delightful to be around that I just love you for who you are today. And I really hope that we keep growing into people that we love being around. You know, yeah. You know what I mean. And I'm thankful that for that of friendship. Course. First and foremost, this is Steph. Like I'm Steph, and that that is Steph also, and we are really best friends. And I'm very proud of her achievements and her accomplishment of who she is today and where she's come from. <clears throat> Sorry, cannot. Hey, you need to tell me. You need to cue me to do this as well. Then you'll be to perfect. do what to burp the. Yeah. Sorry, I'm drinking soda water. It just came out. Fuck, I don't drink soda water. The fuck? Bitch. Cheers. Uh, cheers. Say bye, Steph. Everyone say good. I mean, not everyone. Steph, say goodbye. I'm going to be after this, probably. Okay, that's all the time we have. Um, I mean, okay. Um, okay. Bye, guys. Bye-bye now.